everyone, welcome back to Start From The Pits. I am your host, Charlotte, and today I'm joined by a very, very exciting guest. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, uh, I'm Nico Varone from Argentina, 23 years old, and I'm a Corvette factory driver, so yeah. Perfect. And for those who don't know, what series do you currently drive in and what kind of car are you driving? Well, so actually I'm driving in the IMSA Sport Car Championship uh, in the U.S., uh, in GTD um, with a, a customer team AWA they are running two Corvettes this year I'm in the 17 car uh, with Anthony Mancella and Thomas Merritt so yeah uh, that's that's what I'm driving this year perfect I mean what experience for you that must be unbelievable to be able to drive in those kind of cars and it's you know they are the peak of what that car should be yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm as I always say, I think I'm a privileged guy, you know, to be able to race to race this kind of cars and at this level, with you know, battling with great drivers, driving for a an awesome manufacturer as as Corvette is, and it means a lot to race in the US with Corvette because you know there's a big fan base there, yeah. and it's always really great to go to the races and see so many fans cheering for you. So yeah, it's really it's really great. Yeah, and obviously you're sort of. This is your perfect destination right now, but let's take it back to the very start when you first began your journey. What was that like for you? What was sort of your first memory in a car? Well, so actually I have to go like 15 years back. Um, <laughs> it was the first time driving go-karts was when I was uh, seven years old, uh, 2008. So mm -hmm. I started near home. There's a, a, a track um, uh, in Saturday. It's called the, the you know, the... Uh, the town um and yeah i started there and um, i came from a racing family my my family used to have a racing team uh back in argentina back in the days uh you know formula cars uh, stock cars um and i was born you know between all the in the, in the garage you know in the workshop okay. with all those cars so i kind of always have this passion uh, i grew up with motorsports then i started karting yeah when i was seven kind of going on saturdays and having fun uh you know, as as other kids go play football or whatever yeah. sport they like, I was going karting on Saturdays, and uh, so it was kind of, of uh, entertainment for me. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing it, you know, constantly every Saturday for a year or so. And then one day I remember uh, my dad uh, bought me my first go kart, um, and we uh, we started testing, you know, like going more seriously. And then I show up for my first race when I was eight, um, and yeah, that's when. When all kind of started and I never stopped. Yeah, you've never looked back since. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a an awesome journey, but yeah. yeah, it was tough, honestly. Yeah, have you found it very beneficial to have come from a racing family? The fact that they can sort of understand the because I think if you're looking from an outsider and you aren't from that background, it's quite hard to grasp the commitment that you've got to make to it. Was it quite a lot better coming from that racing family? I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Uh, you know, my my family. Um, my dad, who ran the team, he knows a lot about motorsports. And as he was, you know, he made a career himself. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a bit tougher for him because he was new to the sport. So he right. made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of experiences. So he kind of knew uh, what, yeah, what to expect. Yeah. And so he guided me really well, you know. So what, what path you choose. And, you know, also he is there supporting me now because uh, it's a tough world. Uh, outside of the car also so you need to know really well where to go and uh, who to trust you know yeah. and all these things that are really tough I think in, in every aspect of life but mm -hmm. um, as a motorsport 
guy, it's, it's always easier, you know, to kind of deal with these things when you are young and, and starting with it. So you get to know a little bit more better what, what's happening around. Yeah. So I obviously read during the beginning of your journey into this world, you moved over to Europe. Um, how was that for you changing from obviously South American to over in Europe? Well, actually, it was was tough, you know. As every every young kid moving to another country, uh, being being far away, it, it was tough. But I knew I needed to do it uh, if I wanted my career, yeah. uh, you know, kind of uh, start in Europe, and that's what I wanted to be. Always, I wanted to race in Europe. Um, yeah. I started in the Formula Formula Path, and uh, kind of Formula One, but you know, never had the budget to really go for it. So then. For sure, I changed to sports car, but I was lucky to have some great people with me. Uh, even when I was in Europe, they were, uh, you know, close, uh, like my manager and and some friends. So every time I needed something, they were there. So yeah, it was kind of of, of tough, but also I I had quite some you know some some family family friends uh, yeah. that were there supporting me. So yeah, was you know as as everyone it was an experience. Yeah, definitely. What would you say was one of the biggest differences you noticed between Argentina and the, where were you in Europe? So I was uh, some months in the UK. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was in the UK and then, uh, well, I moved to Barcelona. That is quite similar, let's say, yeah, in a way, yeah. you know, to, to well, it's Europe, but it's quite similar uh, yeah. to, to our culture. But yeah, I think the, the, the most difficult or different was that I had to cook myself I had to do my own my, my laundry I had to clean my my apartment so yeah. that was the toughest thing of all you know but yeah then you have some little things like for example I remember in the UK everyone was like going dinner at 6 6 p.m mm. and here in Argentina we have dinner like at 9 p.m you know oh, so okay, it was yeah. kind of all different it was Adjusted. weird for me all the stuff yeah yeah so but when you know it's different cultures and uh, yeah uh, also the you know the being far away and being uh, so far from your family and friends it was was quite tough but yeah I mean I I always had my mindset focus on what yeah. I wanted to be and wh where I wanted to to reach you know wh what I wanted to, to achieve in motorsport so that was kind of my mindset and and focus every every time I I was feeling maybe a little bit you know uh, missing you know my my friends or my family my dog everything was oh. just like okay I want to go here yeah what kind of dog do you have Oh, I have a um, golden retriever. Uh, oh, he's, love yeah, that. yeah, he's lovely. He he's five years old now. Um, oh. act actually, I I arrived yesterday from Daytona. Um, and yeah, he was really happy to see me. So yeah, oh. now we are kind of really really close to each other, <laughs> uh, enjoying this this times here. Summer now, I'm back in Argentina, and he kind of loved being in the swimming pool and stuff. So yeah, we spend a lot of time there. Oh, that's so he like reunited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So in 2019, you sort of made the progression into the GB3 cars, um, but that was cut short by COVID, I believe. Um, how, yeah. How did that sort of affect you as a driver and your sort of vision to where you wanted to go? So actually, I never had uh, endurance racing on my mind. I was doing the, my formula career. I was yeah. single teacher career. I was young um, due to everything that happened, you know, COVID and I, I I completely ran out of budget. Never had, let's say, proper budget to do like Formula Three season or whatever. So, uh, kind of always fighting for the seats and trying mm -hmm. to, you know, find something cheap that that suit me. But, um, COVID, <clears throat> I have to completely 
finished, you know, I was like completely okay. I'm I'm done. I don't know what I'm doing. I was living in Barcelona and I didn't have any any seats available. Um, back then, um, I wanted to stop racing because it was like this is going nowhere and yeah, you know, it was was really tough and I was like, yeah, maybe maybe we should stop this and you know start focusing on other stuff. Um, and I remember uh, my manager was like, I will find you something. Just stay in Europe. Stay in Europe. We'll do something. And one day. Uh, he called Michele Rinaldi that um, he was a big person in my life and mm-hmm. one of the biggest person that helped me. Um, he told him like, I have a young driver, you know, you need to test it. Michele, at that time, he always did the Ferrari GT customer racing, you know, in GT3 and GTE. Um, and he was starting with the LMP3s, right? He was kind of oh, you know, yeah. uh, starting this this journey. And he was, I have a young kid, really fast, try him. And he was like, no, I have already drivers. I don't want any new guy on the team. And <laughs> he was really pushing for it. Yeah. And I remember uh, one day he was completely like tired of my manager insisting, <laughs> insisting. And he said, you know what? We are testing next week. It was like something next week or in two weeks. We are testing in Portimao, doing a shootout for, you know, like f- we were the five drivers going there. And mm-hmm. the one, then we choose one to do the last round of the 2020 season. Um. Well, I went. I went to that test. Mm-hmm. It was uh in October, if I don't, if I remember well. Um. Yeah, it, it was a good test for me. I instantly, you know, became really in one with the car. I was uh, really fast, and in the end, I I won the seat. Let's say for the last race yeah. of Le Mans Cup season. So it was like, okay, this is my chance to kind of build something for next year, right? And to kind yeah. of restart my career. So I remember I went there, I did my first endurance race, uh, which was it's a two-hour race uh, with, with, with one teammate. So it was a kind of driver chain thing. And we were super fast in testing, super fast in the race. We finished P5, but we could have finished. Uh, we could won it, but we had a penalty. Uh, my teammate had a penalty for track limit. So kind of dropped back and we had to go back uh, to the front. Um, but it was, you know, it was awesome. I remember... I had driven like I don't know 25 minutes races, 30 yeah. minutes races in F3, something like this. And I remember I was in the car, and I was like, okay, I have driven, you know, a lot. And I saw that yeah. I had to drive like an hour and 15 minutes. And when <laughs> I saw you know the timer, I was only driven like 25 minutes, and I was like, what? I have like another time to go. I was not used to that this long time yeah. in the car, um, which it was fun. Um, and then, yeah, I remember it was a, a nice experience. And from that moment on, uh, Michele was. Uh, really nice to me he gave me lo- loads of opportunities uh, he he kind of uh, get me the seat for the next year we did the complete season in Le Mans Cup with uh, uh, with Alex Machul with Rinaldi Racing we were winning the championship in the last round and in the last mandatory pit stop uh, we had a problem with the starter and the car didn't start and we, lo- we lost the championship right. like with nothing 15 minutes to go so it was really heartbreaking but um yeah it was a great season because with a, with a small team we were fighting you know the big big yeah, teams and big boys. names like united good racing and, and all these 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 big guys and yeah it was awesome and uh, michele became like a, a a great let's say like um yeah my mentor you know and kind of yeah what he did for me it was really I, I can never be grateful enough for that because he he really did everything for me. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I remember for next season it was 2022, and we have there's a fun story there, <laughs> a really funny story. Do you want me to tell me? Go for to tell it. You? I love okay. the stories. So 
it was like before the last round of Le Mans Cup, and we went to uh, Mikeli calls me like on a Wednesday or something like this, and he told me, okay, so Monday, Tuesday, I'm testing for Ricard with the Ferrari GTE, and come here, you are going to test it. Um, I was like really super happy, you know, and yeah. I kind of went there really happy, you know, with my helmet, everything, uh, kind of really looking forward to drive the car. And when I arrived there, um, th there was a gentleman driver, Pierre Eret, uh, who is a great friend. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the owner of the car and, and he was testing there. And I arrived and he was like, we were talking in the morning before, you know, getting changed. And he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm supposed, yeah like I'm supposed to drive your car and, and I had this moment where I was like well um, and Michele brought his LMP3 cars there and <laughs> and I was like uh, well uh, I'm testing the I'm helping Michele with LMP3 cars that were some you know new drivers testing and kind of give a reference yeah but and he went, oh that's that's great and I I remember I walked out from the from the trailer and I spoke to Michele like something's wrong here right yeah. because why is he asking yeah I, I didn't tell him I didn't tell him and I was like what <laughs> and I'm like what are you doing like kind of and he was like yeah well it's not easy for me to put you in the car and I was like I came to here you know to France for Ricard thinking oh, I was driving on yeah so well now he kind of he was like well, you put me so pressure on me, blah, blah, blah. Oh. So we, we discussed a bit. Um, the funny story is, long story short, that um, at one point on the next day, on Tuesday, I, I hadn't even driven the car. I was driving the P3 sometimes, kind of to the reference. And, yeah. And I remember uh, Michele told me, okay, do some testing uh, with the P3. That we, we were trying some stuff on the setup. Mm -hmm. And when I jump out, I was uh, talking with my engineer about the changes we made and what I, I feel in the car and and Pierre had his historic car, you know, the 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 I think it was the Ferrari 430 that ra raced in the months. I remember what year. Mm -hmm. But he was he brought his historic car and he went to drive with his historic car. So the GTE car was in the in the box. Yeah. And he, he came to the office and he was like now now get changed get changed and i started changing completely you know putting my gear on my helmet blah blah and i jumped in the car uh um and i kind of didn't know like he was michele was doing my seat belts you know he was putting everything I, and i was like you know and he told me you have three laps like to show what, what you can do yeah, three yeah. laps and i never jumped in the car and well it was so okay and the funny thing also is that someone spun on the track and they put red flag so pierre was coming into the pit oh, so no. he would see like so he would see that i was sitting on his car and he, michele freaks out and he comes like get out get out get out and i was like what i'm not going i'm not getting out of here you know i'm just going to drive it um i stayed there all the rinaldi guys made like a, a wall you know <laughs> uh, when, when this guy when, when pierre chaos. stops they made like a wall kind of not to see and they were like oh it's a short red flag yeah, you will be out soon and luckily it was a short red flag. It was like one or two minutes. Yeah. And they go all back out. Michele comes again and told me like, you have three laps. Um, he closed the doors and he was like telling me, okay, start the engine. But I didn't knew how to start yeah, the yeah, engine. Yeah. I was like, where do I touch you? <laughs> and one of the one of the mechanics had to come and, you know, kind of start it up for me. Yeah. So once it was on, I was like, okay, first gear, go, clutch. It's fine. And I remember I just went really pushing like the, that, those three laps because it was uh, it, it was my chance you know I knew yeah. I had to kind of show something um, 
well, actually in the third lap, I made a really, really, really good time. Um, and in, that, that was my, my part of the vision, right? Because I was really pushing, like almost not knowing the car. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going out in soon and I couldn't crash the car. But in the end, I made this really good lap and I fit it in like by myself because I was like, okay, one more lap and maybe I will shunt the car. <laughs> maybe something. it's in the, in the barrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really probably. Um, and then I came in and all the mechanics were like, yay, hugging me, you know, you did great, blah, yeah. blah. Um, I went to Pierre and... And he's thinking, and wow, I put a flyer overlap in there. <laughs> no, and he was like, I, I was so you know, so happy to drive that car and, and to do well that I give him a head, like, thank you for sharing your car with me, you know, yeah. giving that to And he never did, like, it was a Michele <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, kind of, we, we steal the car from him. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you did great, you know, and he, he went he went walking. And I was like, well, the thing was that when he was driving his historic car, I overtook him on the track, right? Because I was going faster. So he pit in and he was like, who's driving my car? You know, that was like right. the other story while, while I was driving. And they were like, it's Nico, look, and he's going fast. Yeah, but what if he crashes the car? Ah, don't, you know, don't. That's a worry with so... <laughs> Yeah, that was like, yeah, don't, that's a bad. Like, he's doing well, blah, blah. And in the end, the story is that because of that, uh, of that risk we, we took, um, Pierre gave me the chance, which I'm really uh, grateful. He put me in the car for ELMS in 2022 with the right. GTE car to race with him. And also give me the chance uh, with with Christian Hook um, uh, to race Le Mans in 2022, which was a dream for me. Imagine doing the full LMS season in GTE, and doing Le Mans was an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, uh, thanks for that. Thankfully for that, uh, to Michele, to Pierre, and to Christian Hook, <laughs> I managed to get a seat again for 2022, which was the, you know, always is an uncertainty at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a the funny story. Uh, of, of Kaya, I, I, I got the seat. Yeah, it was really fun. That is, I love when there's sort of like a non-conventional way in somebody getting to the position that they are now. I think that's so funny. You just literally pushed your luck to the limit. I bet you were so confused in the car, like, oh my God, I just want to get out. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I was, I, I didn't know how to start the car. I tell you, it was like, <laughs> okay, they, they closed the doors and it was like, freaking, I was like, guys, help me. Now what, how do we start the car? I mean, and they came, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay, it's running. Okay, first gear, go. That's that's all I knew. So, yeah, it was it was really fun. And, and I didn't get time, like, to put the steering wheel where I wanted, right? Because right. I couldn't. It was, yeah, it was it so fast. And, no, I was like this. I was like, oh. when I had to turn, like, for example, you have a big, let's say, a yeah. big curbing that you have to turn. As it, I was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, need, I need to go forward. I couldn't put it more here. It was, that's yeah, so it was funny. so fun. Yeah. So say that opportunity hadn't come around and you were sort of, you weren't able to find the seat. What do you think you would have gone and done if racing hadn't have come back into your life? I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I, th I thought about like starting maybe a studying a career back home while, while working on the, you know, in the family business and, yeah. and kind of doing more of a, let's say, yeah, normal life back at Argentina. Um, so yeah, that, w that were my thoughts when I thought about, okay, stopping and, and coming back and, yeah. and kind of, doing other stuff because i really was um not pissed about racing but can be really cruel sometimes yeah, yeah but yeah. luckily luckily you know i, I get the, my family and, and my friends and a lot of people really support me to not give up because yeah. really honestly were were really difficult times and, and yeah i'm proud now i'm really happy that that i did you know i did not give up because yeah now i'm 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 super privileged to the position where i'm today i'm super happy yeah. um and yeah all the all the stuff that 
that happened to me since uh, was something that even on my best dream, I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. even imagine it. So let's talk about the first time you set in a prototype car. Obviously, there's a huge shift from the single seaters to that thing. They are literally like spaceships. What were your first thoughts when you sat in that? Were you like, holy crap, this is ridiculous? Well, it was actually, um, to be honest, it looks like really different when you see it from the outside. It's like, whoa, yeah. look at this. Um, for sure, it had uh, from the, the Formula cars I used to drive had more power. Um, but honestly, the, the driving the driving style is, is pretty similar. You know, you is have it? a lot of downforce. Yeah, you have a lot of downforce. It's a bit more heavy, yes, mm. but you get a lot of downforce. So kind of, you know, the speed through the corners and, and everything like that is it's kind of similar the way you drive it so i never felt like a wow like a huge difference. right for sure um let's say uh you had to maybe the racing is different because you kind of yeah. need to manage maybe in a stint and you have more right. power you need to manage really well the tires you know and and kind of play with that you know you have traffic so you, you need to understand how to deal with it and um, mm -hmm. that were the biggest thing for me but from a driving point of view uh for sure you feel like you are close and you are like really yeah um like claustrophobic is it okay yeah, yeah. yeah how you say yeah so it feels different but um other than that driving wise it was it was like it suited me great for my driving style and really? it was more like yeah so it was more like getting used to the traffic to the you know to these yeah. different things the logistics managing the tires it yeah yeah managing the tires you know that i was always in single season like going full push every time and i was kind of okay you have to make this tire last for an hour and a half so yeah. you need to also take care of them while, while going fast so it was kind of a learning process but yeah um, it was i always love it since the first moment i jump in yeah so after that first race that you did obviously you said you'd only really done 20 25 minute kind of stints in them how sore were you the day after oh so yeah i mean <laughs> i remember that race because it was Honestly, I, I had, um yeah, I mean, so kind of how everything came, we didn't have time to make a proper seat, you know, so I kind of make like a an insert. Yeah. Insert. There was like a little pad, you know, on the bottom. So I never had like a proper seat. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I was like, they were telling me, is this okay? And I felt okay because I was driving like in practice, like maybe seven to eight laps. Max, you? Yeah. yeah. No, and I was like five, seven, eight laps was fine, right? Yeah. But when I got to drive like one hour and a half or whatever it was, I don't remember. Well, I remember I started like having a big pain on my on my low back. Oh, my God. I jumped on the car and I was like this. I couldn't be straight. I was like, this. I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, the first thing I said is if I'm racing again next year, I would need a proper seat, please, because I was really, really <laughs> sore. Yeah. So let's fast forward to last season. So 2023, you're driving for... Um, the team you are, you've got, you know, these great drivers around you. What would you say one of the biggest pieces of advice that they've given you? Because they've been driving for almost your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, last year, if I have to put in the words, was incredible. Uh, I, I got yeah. the chance to drive with with great drivers uh, in Corvette, you know, with Ben Keating and Nicky Kasur. Uh, yeah. Really more experience, a lot more experience than me. And in, then in AWA with Anthony Mantella um, and Wayne Boyd. And he's a great driver and also more, more, more experienced than me, but he, so it was a year where I jumped onto the big scene, let's say, you know, with, with, with IMSA and kind yeah. of having a great season and some great results. Then the Corvette in WEG was like a big thing, you know, a lot of also was like kind of a, a big responsibility for me. Yeah. And so I kind of was a year where I learned a lot 
and luckily we won a lot, which is always nice, you know, the, the balance was great, pretty positive. But yeah, I learned a lot uh, from the driving side, you know, how to deal with with a lot of situations, not only on track, but off track. And, okay. you know, from 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 my teammates and uh, how to deal with, you know, with some um, practice situations, setups, how you manage things and, and everything. So, yeah, it was a learning year, but also a year where I got the chance to to be in the best cars and, and yeah. kind of show uh, what I can do as a driver. Right. Yeah. And. For a lot of people, even just being at Le Mans, driving at Le Mans is a dream, but to actually win it, I mean, talk me through that kind of feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it was a really big week because kind of we started the year with Corbett and everyone was talking about, you know, first winning the championship. That was the main goal and trying mm. to win the championship. We have a great lineup, a great team. The car was great. We needed just to let's say put all the things together and you know don't do anything silly hold your breath <laughs> so yeah um and yeah i remember uh when since i started in free practice and uh, the, the, the week before even in scrutineering that they do this big thing you know in the city center um you could feel a lot of people you know i think the the, the tickets were sold out like one year before like yeah. that event uh, so it was a lot of people going there and you could feel the atmosphere and it was the last race for it was the centenary anniversary, and it was yep. the last race for the CHR for the Corvette. So right. you could feel a lot of pressure, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, it's on your shoulders because we were the favorites or we were one of the favorites, let's say, yeah. to, to win the race. Would you, as the would you say you're like the kind of person that thrives under that pressure? Well, clearly, clearly you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for sure. Um, I always say two things. Like when I drove my first Le Mans in 22, mm. I was, let's say... Uh, I was a new one. I mean, I never yeah. did it before. I never done a 24-hour race before in 2022. My mm. first race in 24-hour for three months. But I didn't have the pressure because we were not the favorites. We were yeah. like kind of, you know, was one of things um, which kind of I was more relaxed. But going into with Corvette in, in, in 23 yeah. was everyone, everyone's eyes was on us. Like, okay, yeah. as the season started, we have one of three races, two races. The other race, we finished second. So we were like, honestly really strong so yeah when i arrived there it was like everyone in corvette were talking about winning the championship but there was a big thing even more than the championship that it was the month you know trying yeah. to win the centenary race the last race for the CHR in le mans that it never won before remember in 22 they were winning and in the last two three hours they crashed they were crashed by an lmp2 right and they were out so their main goal was to win le mans that's what, why they yeah. were doing the season so jump there I could feel this atmosphere, you know, of, of you know, kind of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was okay for me the first days, until I remember I I made a small mistake in free practice and free practice one where I have I crashed the car in Tetra Rouge. Right. Uh, not big crash, but yeah, it was a mistake and qualifying was next. Yeah. So that kind of um, you know, was a, a silly mistake from my side, which I was really, really uh, pissed with myself. You know, really angry. Yeah. Um, uh, luckily we could the, the mechanics did a great job everyone they could fix it for qualifying and and we could reach it but honestly my my confidence level went went really down right you, you know two days before the race so then i had to jump from free practice at night and kind of build up all that that confidence that i have lost uh during, yeah. during that that week um do you have a so coach was... that helps you through that no i have i have a let's say um um 
a psychologist from okay yeah from Argentina yeah but sports related so he guided me since I'm 12 years old okay uh, wow kind of uh, always helping me with the situation and I really grew up uh, because of him um and yeah I remember I talked to him I had sent him a message for sure he knew what happened but yeah you know kind of have to deal with it and it was like okay change page you know go go to the next page just forget yeah. about it which is really tough you know uh, it is, but yeah. kind of he helped me through, through it and every session every lap I was gaining back confidence and I remember by the race arrives I was kind of the same yeah um and yeah I remember we started the race we went a lap down because we had an issue with with one uh, front front right spring was yeah I think what the front right um mm -hmm. and yeah then we kind of were one lap down and we needed to catch up so the race started i was in the car everyone was going out it was a crazy race and luckily i managed to stay on track it was a really tough situation one of the worst inside of a race car i was in <laughs> and yeah, and then yeah it was like a qualifying race for us you know every lap qualifying putting the best you know yeah trying to to close the gap and we were really fast also and yeah actually we had some luck with with some safety car that we made us closer and um, then you know we had a great pace and we were qualifying uh, throughout the race and one of the really big things that made us wonder that race was um we didn't change brakes uh, every, right. in during 24 hours everyone changes brakes because okay. they are not they are not lasting and just to you know close that time we just say okay we will send it without changing brakes and it really worked for us okay. and that shows the, the capability of the car also yeah, because, definitely. Uh, yeah none of other cars i think and they could do the 24 hours without changing brakes. So, yeah. yeah, it was great for us. Um, and, yeah, after that, kind of every stint I was doing, I was gaining more confidence in the car. Um, and, and you know, by by the end of the race, for me, the highlight, uh, not only winning, but as a personal side, we did. I managed to do the fastest lap of the race, which is wow. uh, one of, uh, you know, for our drivers, everyone tries to do it yeah. like it's something yeah you know it's something like uh, you are you're a team but you always strive you want to be the fastest and oh, you want yeah. to be the best um and yeah that was kind of you know the two sides you know start the weekend like crashing the car with no confidence really like yeah. lower and finishing like that winning the race and 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 with the fastest lap was like a huge achievement for me of how i managed the situation during the week yeah it's like the ultimate comeback story <laughs> yeah actually actually it was and then like to win the month, uh, I feel like at that moment, I was tired, I didn't sleep. And I remember being on the top step and the whole crowd, you know, it was a full straight, like full of people, you know, wow. crowded, everyone was there. And even you have T1 and there was still full of people. And I have that image, you know, it, it, yeah. in my head, you know, in my mind, like I remember that watching that straight full of people with, you know, the flags and everything and they what were all cheering for us. And it was like, whoa, I... I did I just won them once, you know, and, and, Somebody and it was, me. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of, I knew what happened, but I think every day that passes, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, it's been, let's say six months or seven months from it, but I'm yeah. still like every day realizing it was, it was something big. It was real and it wasn't a dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your favorite stint to do when you're doing the driving? Do you prefer to be one of the first ones out there or are you more of like a stay in the middle kind of, or do you prefer the end stint? um it depends it I really, yeah I, I, it doesn't bother me i, I really like I, honestly i really like driving on the night and mm -hmm. for me i don't know the first time i drew in the night i was scared totally because <laughs> it was like wow everything happened so fast and the lights and everything i was like i don't want to drive at night but 
once you get the feeling of you know that rhythm of driving at night uh, i don't know there's something with the night the lights you know you can see sometimes you can see like people you know taking photos or the photographer yeah. you can see the flashes and i don't know it's something special about it that i i like it um i i, I love driving at night um and then for sure uh for me to finish a race and um, more of these long races is special right like yeah all the all the responsibility and you have to go for it if you're fighting uh, i think it's it's really let's say uh, it's good because it means like the whole team has the confidence on you to do the final job you know i oh, kind yeah. of to wrap it yeah. so i think that's a, also a, a cool, cool a cool thing to have so i quickly asked some of my followers to send in some questions to ask you um so let's get into it okay perfect Somebody asked, what time do you like to do the best? So daytime, nighttime. I'm assuming it's the nighttime. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yes. Nighttime is, I think it's, yeah. Somebody has asked, how exhausting is each stint in a 24-hour race that you do as individuals? Uh, well, it's um, it's really tough. Honestly, I feel like, uh, for example, recently we've done Daytona 24, <laughs> just just this weekend. Hmm. Um, and for me, it's it's really tough um, because we start... For example, the race starts is at 1 p.m. Yeah. But we have already like meetings and all this stuff that we have to course, do yeah. at 9 a.m. on track. So you have to wake up like 7.30, you know, you take a shower and you have breakfast, you go to the track. 9 a.m. you're already having meetings. So in the end, it's not like you wake up at 11, you know, or whatever, yeah. and you just chill and then you go race. You know, you have a lot of things to do and, and you arrive exhausted from days before of long days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe the start of the race, you feel great. But suddenly, when 7 p.m., 8 p.m. starts to, you know, to 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 arrive from the Saturday, you are kind of, ah, oh, I'm getting a bit sleepy, but I have to, you know, stay awake because I have to jump in one hour, and then you finish your, you know, I did a triple stint the other day in Daytona, and and I kind of went straight to the motorhome, have a shower, try <laughs> to sleep, but it's not really easy. I struggle yeah. to sleep, uh, because you have the sounds and the, you know, all the adrenaline going on. I managed to sleep like I don't know two hours and then back in. So wow. yeah. Once you kind of start having this uh, non-sleeping, uh, you know, uh, issues, it start to get yeah. even tougher. You know, every time it's getting tougher, 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 until the race finishes, that you just want to go and have a shower and sleep for a whole day. In the preparation for the twenty-four hour races, do you ever just pull an all-nighter where you just don't sleep on like certain days running up to it, so you can be ready for it? Well, that's something I don't know if other drivers do. Okay. I, I honestly, I, I I prefer to sleep and try to be yeah, <laughs> ready enough. for the race. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, um, because I know like then I, I struggle to sleep, you know, every time during the race. So yeah, no, I I just train physically a lot, you know, in the in the mm. gym uh, with my trainer. I I love doing karting also. Like I, it's something I, I I kind of do a lot. And um, the last few months, uh, kind of to be ready in shape. And honestly, I have to say, kind of I feel like. For this race, uh, having a lot of training karting uh, prepared me really well. I was okay. I felt better physically than than other races. So, yeah, that was a a good uh, let's say uh, form of of training that yeah. I implemented like a few months ago and it was great. Um, but yeah, honestly, I I don't really try to to try to stay you know <laughs> uh, awake or whatever. Just go to sleep and yeah, the normal life. So on the flip side of the enjoyable types of training, somebody has asked, what is the harder, hardest part of preparing for a 24-hour race? Uh, I feel like, um, you know, going yeah, going to the gym, you know, doing doing cardio when you're, or, or your legs start hurting and you're running for a long time, all this stuff yeah. is where I, I really, let's say, 
it's not something that I enjoy, <laughs> but I do it because you know I, we need to be to be fit and ready. But yeah, I feel like I love the karting training. That's I, I do it for yeah. fun also. It, it really for me it's driving, so it's kind of perfect. I love this. But uh, yeah, sometimes when you have to go to the gym and you're tired and stuff, it kind of gets a little bit uh, not enjoyable. Daytona has just been and gone. That was the first Daytona race that I've ever watched. Um, and Ooh. it was amazing. I am fully hooked and invested in the entire season now. I'm just going to be there always. It was just so magical to watch it. Like watching you guys driving around as the sun was setting, it was a bit like, got chills almost. I was like, this is amazing. Um, what would you say is the best way for somebody to learn about this kind of racing because it can get quite complicated especially when people start losing laps and then the back up again and it's a bit it can be a bit confusing yeah i mean honestly that's a really good question i think you choose one of the best races to watch because like Tona is you know the kind of the first race of the year and it's always uh, there's a lot of hype mm. starting the year you know with such a big event and the night the banking everything is so cool oh it was unreal. Um, i feel like to understand this type of race, it's not like normal race that you just yeah. put on the TV and you, oh, they are fighting for the leave or whatever, and you don't know anything. You have different categories and mm -hmm. kind of to understand it, you need to get a little bit into it. Okay, what series is this? Okay, IMSA. Yeah. Okay, there are like four classes. There's GTD, GTD Pro, LMP2 and LMDH. And you kind of start understanding the, the regulation, which to be honest, even for me, when I started endurance racing, I was a bit like, what is this? You know, I was racing, yeah. but I didn't understand some of the stuff that were happening. How can you recover laps, you know, during full course yellow, how they they they, they work. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that is not easy to, to yeah. understand. <clears throat> but once you you get into it and you kind of, uh, there should be some, maybe some pages, you know, on Instagram these days yeah. that kind of explain it better. There are some videos also in, in, in YouTube that I saw that they explain really good uh, the IMSA competition or even mm. WEC or whatever. And once you understand and you say okay this is happening right now they if yeah. there's now a yellow they can recover a lap and they can fit in and then is when you say okay this is awesome you know like yeah. once you get it in it, you really appreciate it and you uh, kind of uh, start enjoying it more because sometimes you are watching something and say i don't know what's going on i would just you know it's just boring but yeah. once you kind of understand all these little details that is not so hard but there are some that you say whoa i never heard of this before uh, it gets quite exciting and you really uh, enjoy it much more. Yeah, I think I found as well, obviously the commentators were really accommodating this year. Um, I think the there was like, it was like the biggest crowd that they've ever had there, wasn't it, this weekend? So I think... I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. they were kind of... They were very much helping to those new viewers, which was really great. And also the app was really helpful as well. Like you understood who was in what car, what number they were driving for, when they were driving. It was very helpful, so... From a viewer's point of view, never watching it before, I would definitely say the app and just do a bit of research while you're watching as well. Like there's literally 24 hours of it. You're not going to miss out. It's fine. No, no, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, today you have like kind of, you know, the app, these, there's a lot of, of, of little links that you have to understand. Yeah. It also, as I told you, I saw some summaries on YouTube, like kind of, yeah. I watch it sometimes you see, is this really, you know, true that I want to see? And actually they are. So if you yeah. look like how to get or how to understand IMSA or whatever, IMSA, you know, 2024 they really help you uh, not a long video like seven minutes or eight minutes yeah. like how to everything is done and it's quite simple but um yeah actually it's not an easy thing to understand like oh right away you need to understand really some yeah. rules and this stuff but 
yeah, it's honestly really cool. And you see always in IMSA, like the race is like this this Sunday, it was like done. Like you 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 didn't know who was winning until the last, I don't know. Oh, it was last unbelievable. Lap. It was, yeah. yeah, it was like they were fighting, you know, the Cadillac and the and the um, and the Porsche and in every class they were fighting, they were pretty close. So yeah, it's really it's really cool to be honest. Yeah, and obviously the weekend didn't quite work out the way you guys wanted it to. How are you taking that into account and then putting that into the rest of the season to make sure you come back stronger? Well, actually, uh, for us, it was a really tough weekend. Talking yeah. about uh, our car. Um, we started, you know, uh, this year with the new Corvette C06 GT3R. Um, so it's a new a new car from Corvette GT3. Uh, they were used to running GTE cars. Yeah. Um, so it's a whole new car that, they had made a lot of testing in it. Like, um, I don't remember now the number, but it was like, I don't know if 20,000 kilometers or whatever like this wow. was just crazy, but it's still a new car, right? And once you, yeah. you know, they have customer teams, they have two factory cars, they have two customer teams and and it's kind of difficult always when you put it on track to see what's going to happen. We have some issues, yeah, but it's nothing strange. The car is great. The car was really fast during all yeah. week. The thing is that once you put it on track, and you are racing with each with each other for I don't know twenty four hours. There's always some little stuff that you will find oh, out yeah. that maybe it will fail. So it's normal for the fair, for the first two or three races that this stuff happens. Yeah. And then it's starting to, you know, once you kind of fix that little things, then it just becomes natural and you you don't right. have problems and you kind of can run through it and learn better the car and know what what it likes, what doesn't like. So this kind of the process we are we are a front like we are going through right now. Yeah. Um, but for sure, we will be a little bit better in Sebring and a little bit better in Long Beach. And then yeah. it will reach a point where we will be really strong, I'm sure. Perfect. So obviously, we're at the very beginning of the season. Which race are you most looking forward to from here now? Um, well, doing the full IMSA calendar, honestly, you have some great tracks. And I'm really looking forward to the race. And it's in April, Long Beach. It's a sprint race, but I never raced in a street course before, you know, so... Okay. Um, for me, I'm really looking forward to it because it's a really nice event sharing with IndyCar the same weekend. Okay. And as I tell you, I mean, it's difficult to choose one because US uh, has some great tracks, which I'm really looking forward, like, I know, Road America, Virginia, uh, Laguna Seca. But I feel like racing on a street course, you know, for the first time mm. my entire career uh, should be should be really fun, you know, racing close in the walls you know through yeah. the streets uh, it would be it would be really cool so i think that one is the most that i'm really looking forward to that is in in april i think yeah, yeah. 17 april i so, will be watching yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah. and and yeah that's that's the one i'm i'm really looking forward to perfect and just to round out this episode i always ask my guests um bit of a, a musical question i have a, a playlist on spotify where I add in songs of the guests that come onto the podcast. So if you were to really want to get motivated right now, really want to get hyped, what song are you putting on? Um, <laughs> I, I would say um, Can Hold Us, I think. I think Great it's one of choice. The ones I, yeah, yeah, I think it's one of the of the ones that I, you know, when I need to just go in a scene, I just put it on my AirPods and just read like, okay, now it's my time, you know, and Amazing. I go full push. Yeah, so that's one I, I really like, honestly, to motivate myself. Do you know all of the rap? No, not really. I'm not really good with the songs, you know, and the whole the whole thing. I really get lost. But yeah, I like, you know, all the, the you know, the beats and how it yeah, pumps yeah, you yeah. up. Uh, it's kind of and, and sometimes there are some some things like um, 
videos in YouTube where they put this song and it's kind of really, really nice. And yeah, I really, I really love that song to kind of pump me up. It's for sure one of my of my uh, top ones of my motivational playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I could honestly sit and ask you questions for hours. <laughs> it's just so interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, thanks for having me. It was uh, an awesome time. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, hopefully um, more drivers uh, can join this because honestly, I have a great time and it was some thanks. great questions. Uh, I love the questions also from the from the followers. So yeah, looking forward to, to see how, how this podcast grows. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I'll be supporting you obviously this entire season. So have a great season. It was lovely to thank- speak to you. Thank you. Thank you.